Well, hey, my friend, welcome back to the Created to Thrive podcast. Today, I want to talk about why is this storm happening? Have you ever asked that question? You know, we want our lives to run smoothly, and when they don't, we tend to always ask, why? Or, God, where are you in this situation? I don't even see you at work. Are you even there? Are you even real? Are you even for me? If you've ever asked those questions, or maybe you're going through a storm right now, I want to help you understand some key things so you can be strengthened in the storm and thrive in it no matter what is happening to you, because we all are going to be faced with challenging situations. And my question for you is, what or who do you turn to? Where do you go? And if you're angry at God for not doing something about your situation, then I want this to be encouraging for you today. I'm going to teach you some scriptures that um, I think will help you grow and understand the nature and character of God so that you can thrive in a storm no matter what your situation is. And friend, if you have been listening to me for any time, and if this has been encouraging to you, would you do me a quick favor? Would you go over to Apple Podcasts, even if you're not on a, an Apple user, you can go to Apple Podcasts and find Created to Thrive podcast and scroll down and where you see the five stars, click on leave me a review. Leave me a review and give me the um, the rating. That will only take a few minutes of your time, but what it does is it helps other people recognize my podcast and that there is hope in healing no matter what your situation is. I want to spread the gospel to as many people as possible throughout the whole world, and you can play a big part in that. So if you can do that real quick, I would greatly appreciate it. All right, here we go. Welcome to Created to Thrive. I'm your host, Lori Snyder. If you desire a deeper connection with God, want to know your value and purpose, then you, my friend, are in the right place. I will teach God's word in a simple and practical way to equip and empower you to become who he created you to be because you were created to thrive. to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. So I want to continue my series on talking about life storms and the challenges that we face. You know, we just came out of Hurricane Ian here in Florida and, um, you know, just you gain perspective when you go through the storm and you recognize how humbling life can be and really the priorities, what really matters and who really matters. So I want to continue on this theme because where do you go in the midst of a challenging situation? So often I talk to people and they're angry at God for not doing something about their circumstance. You know, they were believing God to heal someone 
and they were in faith, but that person still died. Or they were believing God for this dream job, but they're still struggling financially. Or they're asking God to save their marriage, but yet their spouse still wants divorce. Circumstances are always going to appear bigger than you can handle. And with God, all things are possible for those who believe. So I talk to people every day that have a view and opinion of God that necessarily isn't in agreement with the truth of Scripture. And, you know, we're all a byproduct of what we've experienced, what we've been taught. And uh, if you've listened to me before, you will know that I will say what our life is a result of is really comes down to two things, what we believe about God and what we believe about ourselves. And though we might not recognize it, it really comes down to those two key questions. And then everything else comes out of that. So I want to walk through uh, a couple key scriptures for you that I think will help you have confidence in trusting God in the midst of your storm, not blaming him, not being angry at him, but looking to him as your source, your answer to the storm and how to come out stronger and more mature because of that. And, you know, storms happen in life and our faith will be tested. And so we've got to know what's been deposited in us to grow and mature. You know, Romans 8, 28, uh, we hear that a lot, that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Well, what is his purpose? If you scroll down to go through verse 31, it says that our purpose is to be conformed to the image of Christ. We're to be imitators of Jesus. So we're going to face situations in life that are going to cause us to grow and mature. And as I mentioned in um, episode 55, that God is not the source of the storms. And if we think God is going to cause bad things to happen in order for us to grow and mature, how are we going to grow closer to God? How are we going to trust him if we think he's the source of evil? And God relates differently to mankind in the new covenant than he did in the old covenant. And I don't want to get into that today, but we've got to learn how to rightly divide the word of truth, how to understand God's word and be able to connect the dots of scripture so we can grow and mature. And so I want to help you with that today. And I want to just give you an example. So when I say that our faith will be tested, you know, James talks about that, but he also says that God won't test you with evil. When my boys were my teenage boys were learning how to drive. We lived in Michigan, and they were in driver's training. And so we would put them in situations that would cause them to learn how to navigate difficult things. Like when it was raining, you know, one of the things that you have is you've got to learn how to deal with hydroplaning. Uh, in Michigan, when you have freezing rain, it's going to have black ice on the highway or on the roads, and you've got to learn how do I handle a vehicle in the midst of encountering black ice or in the midst of a snowstorm? And did we cause those situations to happen so we could teach them? No, of course not. 
but we use the situations to help them grow and learn how to succeed. So we use it as an opportunity for them to thrive when faced in the future when we were not going to be with them. And likewise, God will use these situations to teach us because he is not in the boat. And I'm going to use the example of Jesus in the boat when he had the disciples go with them and then and then a huge storm comes. So I want to use that scripture because I want to teach you some key things to help you. But I want you to learn how to read the Bible for yourself and how to think and ask these questions so you can grow deeper in your intimate relationship with the Lord because he is so for you. He is your source. He is your answer. So I want to dive into that today. So if you have your Bible, or if you don't, you can write these down. I'll have the scriptures in the show notes for you. But I want you to learn to search the scriptures for yourself, to understand God's nature, his character, his ways, and who you are in Christ so you can thrive relationally, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically. Okay, let's dive into Mark. And I'm going to go into um, verses 35 through 41. And let me just give you a little context for this. Jesus had just been talking about um, some key parables. And he said that the key parable is the parable of the sower, and that the sower sows the seed. And the seed is really God's word. And how effective God's word is going to be in our life depends upon the condition of our heart. And he talks about the four different types of soil. And so he he tells his disciples, I speak in parables to people, but to you, I'm going to teach you what those parables mean. So he does teach the disciples the answers to what he's talking about. So keep in mind the context that he's just been teaching how to take God's word, and it takes time to cultivate your heart, to receive God's word, and the, to the degree that you have what I call establishing your heart in the truth of God's word and his character in nature, will your life start to produce fruit, to bear fruit of God's word. In Mark 4, verse 35, it says, on the same day, so on the same day that he had been giving the parables to the the multitudes, the parable of the sower and the parable of the mustard seed and so forth, um, he says, On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? So there's a lot of lessons that we can learn, but I want to stay on to uh, a couple key key things here. 
Jesus said to them, he gave them his word. Jesus is the word, right? And he is faithful and true. And he is in your boat. And he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. He gave them his word that they were going to cross over to the other side. And what they did not know was there was ministry on the other side of that lake. There was a purpose. There was the demoniac that they were going to go set free and be healed. But Jesus had given them his word. That's the first thing. Isaiah 55, 11 says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So first of all, we've got to value God's word, and we've got to know that he is faithful and true. And if he has given us a promise, it is yes in Christ and amen in Christ. And I talked about that in my last uh, episode, episode 56. Psalm 46, 1 through 3 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and, the mount- and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake and its swelling. Selah. That means pause, rest. Think about that. God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Those circumstances are going to roar up and rise up and seem bigger than anything, like we are going to die. God is bigger, and he is in our boat. And in verse four, or in Psalm 46, verse 10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. All things are possible with God for those who will believe. And there are times where we will speak to our storms. In in my last episode, I said, or in episode 55, sorry, I said, I had to lay hands on my head and say, mind, be still, receive the peace of God. I had to assure my own mind, my heart to be still, to have confidence in God. And I love Psalm 46 because when I am afraid, I will trust in God. He is my refuge and my strength. And I will go back to that to assure my heart, he is with me. You know, Matthew 6.33 says, seek God first. Seek him and his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to us. So the answer is found in seeking God first. Another thing from this this um, Mark 4, uh, the, the teaching about the winds and the waves, a key question that we have, well, first of all, we don't even relate to Jesus a lot of times when like, okay, wait, there's a a big storm and he's sleeping. How can that even be possible? You know, he's the Prince of Peace. He is peace. He had given his word. Let's cross over to the other side. He trusted and believed his word. They were going to the other side. But they really had the key question that I think we all ask in this storm, why is this storm happening? 
We want to understand. We want to know the reasons why. Why is this happening? And the biggest question is, do you even care? God, do you really love me? I think that is really the biggest question. Instead of why is the storm happening, I think behind that is, God, do you really care? Do you really love me? And if you did love me, you would do something about it. Because they say, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And I think that is so important that we understand we have an enemy who is opposing us. He is the accuser of us, but he's the accuser of God's character. He's the accuser of God's love for you and who you are in Christ. And so we always have to go back to what is God's nature? What is his character? God is life. God is light. And God is love. In him, there is no shadow of turning. There is no darkness. The enemy only comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus came to give us life and life in abundance. And we have to know these key things or else we're going to question the character of God. But we really do question, God, if you, if you love me, then why aren't you doing something about it? So there will be times where we have got to speak to our circumstances and we speak to them and we take authority that Jesus said in his name, he has given us his power. But there's other times where no matter what we're saying, others, other people's choices are affecting us. And I think of Paul in Acts when he is um, being, he's on the boat and they get shipwrecked. And he is trying to help them understand, but the captain's free will made the choices, and they did get shipwrecked. But because of Paul's persistent prayers, they were all rescued. And not only that, they all came to a saving faith in Jesus. And so our faith is going to be tested in circumstances, and they're going to appear bigger than we can handle. But we've got to know God has given us his word. He's given us his truth. There is no formula, but we will always tend to question God's goodness and God's love for us because it goes all the way back to Genesis 3. And if you know me, I talk about you've got to go back to the beginning. And Genesis is key to understanding how did God set things up and what happened. And in Genesis 3, the enemy comes and attacks God's character and he attacks God's love for us. And he attacks our identity in God. You know, one of the biggest financial storms I have ever gone through was right in the middle of God's will for us. We had gone out to Bible college, and it was my husband that felt the desire that God was calling him to go to Bible school, not to go into ministry, but to truly know God's character, God's nature, and then who he was in in God and in Christ. And um, God put it on both of our hearts to do that. So we both, uh, neither of us worked. We left everything and we gave everything to follow God's leading for us. And it was going into um, our second year of Bible college and it was the end of the summer. And it looked like 
my husband wasn't going to be able to continue. It looked that he was going to have to go back to work and wouldn't be able to complete the second year of Bible college. And we both knew that God was calling us to complete two years of Bible college. And we were standing in faith, but circumstances, you know, our bank account (laughs) was not there. And I remember we had $1,000 of bills And I think we had like $200 in our bank account. And we had a lot of people who owed us money. And I was crying out to God, like, God, you have called us out here. We are in your will, but we are perishing. And it was the first time that I felt like I was, I could identify with the Israelites, like, God, you brought us out to the desert to kill us, questioning God's character, questioning his nature, questioning his love for us. Like, God, if you really loved us, you would do something. And I remember crying out to God, and that's that dark night of the soul that I've talked about. And I was in um, worship during Bible school, and all of a sudden I hear, where else will I go? You're the only one that has words of eternal life. And I had no clue that that was even a scripture. And so I just sought the Lord and I said, Lord, is this a scripture? And so I, you know, got out my phone and Googled it. And it's John 668 through 69. And it's when the disciples, Jesus had sent the the multitudes of disciples to go out and um, heal and do his work. And they came back and they were offended at his hard sayings of, you know, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can have no part of me. And they just didn't get what he was saying. And it says they were hard sayings. And in verse 69, it says that from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. They were offended and they left Jesus. Then Jesus said to the 12, do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. When I read that, I knew there was nowhere else I could go. And God was the answer that I had to seek how to go through this financial storm. And so I just prayed and I said, Lord, what do you want me to put my hand to? And he led me to go to sell everything on Craigslist. Now, we didn't have Facebook Marketplace at the time. It was Craigslist. And so I went home and I looked at what could I sell. And I didn't know at the time that we were going to be leaving uh, Colorado at the end of second year Bible school to um, return back to Michigan. And in that, we needed to lighten our load and not have very many things that we would take back. So I went back to my house and I started selling things that I could on on Craigslist. And what it was, was a great blessing to meet various people. And I ended up ministering to so many people by selling our things. And God met all of our needs. We got all of the money that we needed to pay our bills and then some. And we didn't recognize that we could, um, we still had a 401k that we had not tapped out at that point. And so we did 
use our 401k, but we didn't get to have any penalties taken out because we were both students and not working. So there was no penalty for us taking out money we had saved. So God provided something we already had, but we learned to depend upon him. And we were also standing on the scripture that it says that whoever will leave mothers and fathers and houses and brothers and sisters and households for God, that he will provide for us a hundredfold return in our lifetime with persecutions. So we were standing on God's word that he was going to provide for us. We were in God's will, but we had to realize, I had to realize, money was an idol for me. I was trusting in money more than I was trusting in God's provision, in God's ways. And we left Bible school. My husband did not go back to work. We both had enough money by, by cashing in our 401k. We had enough money to do second year Bible school. And we had had property that we had purchased a long time ago. Um, we had uh, a lot in um, a half acre lot in Breckenridge that God actually kept us from selling. Like we had it on the market for the two years of Bible school and we got I mean, no responses. And I'm saying no responses. We had one that said, well, maybe we'll look at it, but it wasn't even, they didn't even look at it. And we knew that we were going to leave Bible school. We had the word of the Lord that we would leave Bible school like the Israelites leaving Egypt when they crossed over the Red Sea. We knew that we would leave Colorado with more than we came with. And so we knew spiritually, of course, and relationally, we were definitely going to leave more. But how are we going to financially prosper when we weren't working? Well, the day before we moved back to Michigan, our you know the the moving truck had already gone, and it was just us in in our vehicle taking it back the next day. We got a phone call at eight o'clock in the morning with a full price cash offer for that half acre lot we had in Breckenridge, Colorado. Cash, we owned it free and clear. God sold it right at the right time. And if we would have sold it during Bible school, we probably would have stayed in Colorado and we wouldn't have gone to the place that God had for us next. So we don't know the answers while we're going through the storm. And sometimes we never know the answers until eternity. But we've got to know that God is good. He is faithful. His word will not return void. It will prosper us, but we've got to cooperate with God. We've got to trust him to say, this is the way. Walk in it. Our answer is in him. And we've got to establish our relationship, that deep relationship. And that takes our heart time to know that he is good, that he is for us. So, friend, if you're questioning God's goodness, I hope this has encouraged you today, that he is your refuge and your strength, a very present help in times of trouble, that his word is true. Jesus is the living word. He is the bread of life. He is the source of life. He is the source of love. And I just pray that you will have a revelation of God's love for you today, that you will know where it talks about in Ephesians 3, how deep and wide and long and tall is the love of God for you, 
to have that unshakable confidence that if God is for you, who can be against you? Yes, you have an enemy, but Jesus has defeated the enemy, and he has given you power and dominion over the enemy. He is under your feet. You speak to your mountains. You speak to your problems, and you command them to be removed in the name of Jesus. And you walk by faith and not by sight. You walk in believing and trusting in the goodness of God. And I'll tell you, life will be so much more enjoyable, that you will have joy and peace. And in in Isaiah 55, it also says that you will be led out with joy and peace. Uh, 55, 12, I believe. You will be led out in joy and peace. So you can have joy and peace in the midst of your storm, knowing that God's word is true. He is faithful. He loves you and he is for you. And friend, if you need help with that today, I help people all the time grow closer in their intimate relationship with Lord. Email me at lori at lorikaysnyder.com. Let's have a connection call. I want to help you thrive. Send me a message saying this has helped you, what questions you have. I would love to help you with your questions as well. If you're struggling with this, I will pray with you. You're not alone, friend. God is with you, but you have others like myself who will stand with you and believe God for you. All right, until next time, be blessed.